0: My name is Evan Kunai, and I'm here with Pete! (laughs) Say hello to the folks, Pete! Ritter is out of the office today. He is out of town, and so I'm uh, flying solo. Or, or, I'm I'm with Pete, my soundboard. So, uh, he is a uh, pod track P8, so instead of saying it like, tight. He's, he's Pete, you know, like he could be Pite, um, but uh, yeah, I, d- I don't wanna have to keep the accent up the whole time. We're gonna see how this goes. All right, let's uh, get into it. First, if you'd like to support the show, you can do so by following us on YouTube. You can subscribe, like the video. If you're watching right now, you can see what our pre-game action is going to be. You can also find us on all major podcasts and platforms. You can give us five stars. It makes us look super duper cool because you know that this is the number one podcast on the internet for Magic the Gathering and Dr. Pepper. You can also join our Discord server where we're having conversations and about this particular thing that you're seeing on the screen right now. And our main subject today, Sneak Peek, we're going to be talking ...about the Fallout cards that have been being spoiled all week long. And I'm recording this episode late at night, the night before release that I'm supposed to be releasing it... ...because I wanted to see all of the possible cards that were going to come out. uh, So it's going to be the most recent stuff. You can also support us on Patreon, where you can become an official Pepperhead. For $3 a month you get access to two exclusive channels on the discord server and i'll be getting back to early access videos very soon and if you support us you'll be getting access to those as well all right let's get into it our pre-game action today this week we had well something interesting happen it happens all the time but uh, it this is something we haven't seen yet it is the packaging uh for Outlaws of Thunder Junction, where we get to see that Oko doesn't like wearing shirts. It is stupid, sexy Oko on the front with a winged demon flying behind him. It's not Obnixilus, but it kind of looks like a thing like that. And then you got tiny bones. If you're looking at the screen, you can't see my mouse. Oh, darn it. I was going to point at it, but tiny bones on that pony right back there. It's a horse but I'd imagine I like to imagine he's riding a pony there and the other thing that we notice about this packaging at least for the play boosters box is that the train that's in the background that they're hijacking because it's a western and what would you do if you weren't hijacking a train it's very Kaladeshi in uh in well spirit or in design so we're probably going to have a set that's like heavy in vehicles, heavy in artifacts, and balancing it all out uh, with uh, yeah, with train heists. So, looks pretty cool right off the bat. I love the designs so far and what they're doing with it. A lot of cacti here and, and canyons, uh, floating things, like floating rocks and island things of sorts. So, uh I, this is uh sort of the last time we've seen something like that is also like Zendikar. So I don't it's not Zendikar, but there are floating islands in the background. All right. Next is the bundle. You have a nice crotch shot here for Outlaws of Thunder Junction and they're very uh demonic hands with a nice leather strap around the outside. Oh yeah, nice uh supple uh, button work there on that. I'm still not sure who this is. People are saying it's Tybalt right off the bat. And I w- am pretty sure that Tybalt died in, uh the whole March the Machine storyline. So I don't know unless they're willing to like take all that back or create some sort of story where Tybalt is resurrected and comes back and is super amazing and a uh, western outlaw with uh six shooter guns uh very clever how they worked in the uh the magic like fork symbol the the magic symbol there on the belt buckle uh, let's keep on going. This is the last image I believe yes it is the last image that we have for the spoiler or for for the leak I should say this is not a sanctioned spoiler but we have stupid sexy oko in without a shirt and uh he has well he has a crown on and a hat and he's looking looking at you like ooh i'm stupid sexy <laughs> and i'm going to be the chase card in this format or in this set so uh not much more to to glean from this more of the train in the background some details we didn't see before but uh more floating Island Rocks in the background as well. So pretty cool stuff. I'm excited for the set. I'm glad that Oko is coming back. So far we have confirmed that it is, there's Vraska, Oko, Kellen, Tanny Bones. Um, and uh, yeah, so Kellen gets to meet his daddy. As uh, we don't know that for sure, but kind of look at them. You know, they're, they're both. From Eldraine, right? So, Oko's obviously is that. That's what we all want to happen. What do you think, Pete? <laughs> Interesting. Oh, Pete, you're too much. All right, let's move on. Today, it, it might be a little bit of a shorter episode because, I mean, Pete's not really giving me much, but uh, we're going to talk about some of these new cards from... Fallout! And I uh, I chose to like lead with uh, the Radstorm on the front. If you're on YouTube, you can see it. Um, just want to talk about these borders quick before we get into the cards and the uh, like mechanics and everything like that. Interesting cards that could be powerful or with the right combination of things uh, could be amazing. So uh, first, let's take a look, and if you are listening to this via... Uh, podcasting platform. I'm going to describe this in great detail. It is the it is the Fallout border that we have, which resembles the Pip-Boy 3000. And I just want to say how immaculate these details are, uh, one, in it. And I think it's actually a really cool border. But it has like the little light symbol like indicating that it's powered on and has the radiation meter up on the top right, which is super cool. And then on the top, uh, let's see if I can show it on YouTube. Whoop. Yeah, right here, it actually has the Pit Boy logo right above the name of the card. Uh not only that, we get a few other there are obviously a few cool cards like this with I'm just going to uh, slide on over to Prime Mirelurk Queen, which is a reskinned version of Holebreaker Horror. If you didn't know, that's in the set. Spoiler! Here it is, Holebreaker Horror. Uh, glad to see it getting a reprint. Glad to seeing it, uh, see it like come down in, in value. More access to it. I think that um, seeing cards like this at casual tables is doing a lot for CDH, where it means that you're not too far from breaking the barrier if you want to continue growing there's a good transition uh or there's it's easier to transition to competitive magic when you have competitive cards in a casual uh in a casual sense you know so uh holebreaker or getting another reprint here is awesome uh but it has like this stats meter on it has its hp its ap xp uh, general perks, skills, special—all the stuff you would see on your pit boy when you hit pause, uh, which we'll get into that in just a second. When you hit pause, but it's—it's uh, it's just such a super cool design. It even has this little turning knob on the right. Um, and I, I'm one thing I got to say, and I talked to Ritter a little bit earlier in the week, just talking like about the Fallout cards and the Fallout set, and he had said that man, this just looks and feels right. Like, it is the right power level. It isn't too powerful. It's just sort of like settling into its own thing where it can exist on its own. And that's exactly what we need to see from these universes beyond products because we, I do anticipate that we're going to see some new fangled cards that are going to splash into CDH and splash into, well, these will be legacy legal uh I think, you know, like uh if people want to get into that. Um but there're going to be some cards that they're going to see play in other formats as well, but uh it's good to know that like in a vacuum, this set is balanced. The cards have the appropriate flavor and lore and the design of the cards all makes sense based on the characters that are they're embodying. Uh so really great stuff if you're interested in more um, I always go to Mythic Spoiler. Um, Fallout really isn't my jam, so I don't understand all the references, so I'm not the best re- resource for that type of thing. But there are a few cards that I think are super duper cool, and uh, let's get right into it. The first one, I think, is has potential to be seen in smaller amounts, maybe just in testing. It'll have a brief... Uh, instance in CDH and I think it's pre-war formal wear. For two and a white, it's an artifact equipment when pre-war formal wear enters the battlefield, return target creature card with mana value three or less from your graveyard to the battlefield and attach pre-war formal wear to it. Equipped creature gets plus two, plus two and has vigilance. So uh, why would this be... Uh, played in any CDH deck, you might you ask? Well, one of the top 10 most consistent decks in, on uh, EDH top 16 is Tiam Luminous Enigma. And this just so happens to be three mana value, which means that Tiam can grab it from the graveyard. So you're getting a two for one here, and you're getting a huge boost on top of it as well. So plus two, plus two, and Vigilance for the Creature. I know that there's a particular creature that, when it gets plus O plus two, it can go infinite with Teom. So uh, it just so happens to be two mana value. So uh, if you are able to use this and grab a devoted druid and have your Tyvar on the battlefield at the same time, this will pre- this will present an infinite loop and present your win condition. So. That is where I do think that this can see potential as, uh, or have a place in CDH is in uh, sort of like off-axis builds of Taeyam. Uh There's this growing sentiment that it's figured out, and it's easier, people are finding more ways to interact with it. But I think this is uh, has potential, if people are still on the devoted druid lines, uh, f- to continue uh making waves. Like you can you can make bring devoted druid back. You can play your blossoming defenses, you can play whatever you want. This this is going to help uh help that deck run uh smoother if it wants to play devoted druid and that infinite loop. Uh all right. That's my two cents on that. What do you think, Pete? No, oh, shut up, Pete. No one asked you. All right. Next, this is uh this is a card that I think uh is just leading into more. Like uh, and let's just get started. The name it's inventory management. It's a red and a white instant with split second. For each aura and equipment you control, you may attach it to a creature you control. What I love about this, it's so similar. Well, I love the reintroduction of split second. I think that uh, the the game designers are figuring out ways to make split second not overpowered in a way, which means we're probably going to see more split second cards. As you know, we saw Vats. Vats has already been revealed. So Vats, if you're unfamiliar, it's on the screen now, but it is two and two black, split second, uh, instant speed. Choose any number of target creatures with equal toughness, destroy the chosen creatures. So uh, what we're seeing here is that you have the ability to press pause on the game and change your equipment and uh, change your loadout, so to speak. And then that's the same deal with VATS. You're able to sort of like pause time and like get an array of percentages and then choose what you're going to aim at and take the chance and all that stuff. So uh, both very flavorful and uh, mimic the like the uh, play style of the actual video game. So uh, Inventory Management and VATS together, I think, is v- are well, they're both very interesting in their utility. But what I do think is we are going to see a card in this set or in one of these decks that is going to have split second and is going to... Make waves, or, or I hope you know, like it gives me hope that they give it to something with green so that people will have more reason to play green. Um, you know, I think that's where green is at right now, in reference to like power, where white white has caught up, right? And uh, green is still inching its way back into the game. And one more card, I know Legolas, Legolas's Quick Reflexes has. Uh, split second, and it's amazing. It really is. But uh, a green and white, uh, split second something would be cool. All right. Next, the next cool card I th- thought I, I I've seen this week is nuclear fallout. It is X black black. Each creature gets twice minus X minus X until end of turn. Each player. Gets X rad counters. So the more we see from this rad counter list, this mutant list, uh, the more I like it because um, it counts, like, the number of rad counters on each opponent, and then it adds up to a, a larger effect. So this is, like, this can be not only the board wipe you need to keep the game alive in well and if you're playing in the vacuum of the game but uh it does allow for more explosive plays with some of the other cards from the set uh what i do think is notable about this is that this is an alt this is also like a uh, uh that cord that is x black black that also kills the game you know wins the game if you have infinite mana uh, torment of Hailfire or Exsanguinate, either one of those. This is kind of like that because uh, if you're unfamiliar, Radiation and what rad counters are at the beginning of your pre-combat main phase, if you have any rad counters, mill that many cards for each non-land card milled this way, you lose one life and a rad counter. So, Uh, If you're able to present a way, the Mothman is another card that... Or the Wise Mothman or whatever is like another card that has food chain potential. Uh, The Secondary Commander, which was just revealed today, also has uh, food chain potential. Let's see if we can pull that up quick. But uh, the Rad Counters, essentially, uh, if you put a hundred of them onto somebody, what's going to happen is... They're going to go into their pre-combat main phase. Here we go. This is actually... Yeah, so the secondary commander for this rad counter deck is the Master Transcendent, and it's one, uh, and then Sultai. And it's whenever it enters the battlefield, target player gets two rad counters. You can tap it, Target put target creature card in a graveyard that was milled this turn onto the battlefield under your control. It's a green mutant with base power and toughness 3-3. Likely an ability you're not going to use, but same with Mothman. When it enters the battlefield, each player gets a rad counter. Yeah, yeah, cool. Okay, so second ability also not relevant because likely what you're doing is you are using food chain to have infinite enter enter the battlefield and an infinite distribution of rad counters to your opponents. And uh, when they enter their pre-combat main phase, oh, nuts, here we go. Uh, when they enter the pre-combat main phase, they're going to go through this process where they mill a card, and then if they mill a non-land card, they lose a life in a counter. Now, most decks have more than 40 non-land cards. Believe it or not, believe it or not, fake news, fake news, I don't know. But believe it or not, most decks, most commander decks, have more than uh 40 non-land cards. So uh if you would have infinite radiation, you would mill your entire library, losing all life equal to the number of non-land cards in your library and uh you'd lose the rag counter. So it the problem that I have with it is that uh well your opponents still get an upkeep. So ultimately things like turn the earth and uh, a couple other ways to like shuffle your library are already present, or uh, there's ways to interact or have that flashback or whatever. So I don't know if there is a way out of it. You know, like if you go infinite and you generate a, a million rad counters on somebody, is there a way out of it? Do they? Because they still lose a life, even if they turn the Earth to instant speed, they're still gonna have to mill the infinite number of cards. The rad triggers are still on the stack. So maybe there isn't a way out of it that exists right now. So they would get an uh-uh. they would get their upkeep draw and they would have two instances of priority to interact with the rat- with the rat or have two instances of priority to win the game if that is possible for them, but otherwise once it hits that pre-combat main phase, the beginning of it is when they're going to hopefully die to radiation. Wow. Um I think this mechanic is pretty cool. Uh so nuclear fallout can be that for you if you have infinite mana it is something where you can cast and give people a lot, you know, like a lot of radiation. And the thing is is that you are casting this as a sorcery so that means you're, you've are you already started your pre-combat main phase, which means that you won't get radiation triggers, and you will live and not die like the other players at the table. They all die, but you won't. All right. Let's move on to the next. Uh, so I wanted to go through radiation, and then uh, the next thing is junk. Junk. What do you think about that, Pate? Yeah! I think so too, Pete. All right, Junk is pretty cool. This is a new f- new way to do tokens that um I don't it, this doesn't quite For me this doesn't quite uh register as highly as treasures, but it's close. It's better than a, for me, my personal opinion, it's better than a clue and it's better than a food. You're unfamiliar junk is a token artifact typed junk you can tap it sacrifice this artifact exile the top card of your library you may play that card this turn activate only as a sorcery uh so maybe not Ah, uh, you know because you can uh, clue it in some speed this is like ah uh, uh, so slow God, why did I have to say that at the end? I actually changed my entire opinion in like half a second. Yeah, I don't think it's very good at all. It's literally junk. Uh, Because, I mean, I know this set is going to rotate, like the one deck is going to like rotate around this mechanic. So sacrificing artifacts, blah, this, blah, that. And you get a ton of junk and you can exile cards and you can play them. Are there any cards good enough if you think there are any cards good enough that feature junk in them for any deck that you're building, Obnixless, um oh, Prosper, anything like that, you let me know. And uh post that card uh in the comments down below on the YouTube channel, and let's have a discussion. I want to know more. I, I'm seeing like I've seen all of these cards. I just people have a different mind than I do when it comes to like these strategies, so I'm not going to claim to know everything and and say that this card is, is uh, just write it off right away. So, uh, here we go. The next thing is the Pip-Boy 3000! Let's go! This card uh, was released or spoiled yesterday, uh, but whenever equipped creature attacks, you choose one. Oh, it's one mana value and it's an equipment and it has equipped two. So whenever equipped creature attacks, choose one. You can sort your inventory, draw a card, then discard a card. You can pick a perk, put a plus blossom one, one counter on that creature, or you can check the map where you untap up to two target lands. Yowza! For three mana, this is not a bad investment. Uh, I say that even, like... The weakest one is probably pick a perk and then sort inventory, and I think the strongest one is actually check map, uh, because well, I don't think this is CDH viable. Let's just—I'm going to put that out there right now. I'm—I'm I'm, there are the I am of this uh, aversion that you can make anything CDH. Uh, this you can't. Uh, bad. Uh, good in commander good to get value. It's going to be great when you see this on game nights because it'll be scripted into the show. Pit boy will make an appearance. Guarantee it. Calling my shot now. But the untapped two target lands is uh, the most powerful one if you're able to untap a guy's cradle, Sarah's Sanctum. A land that taps for more than one mana. That's a good rate. That is a good, good rate. So, um, really cool to see it. Uh, like I was saying earlier, uh, the, um, the borders are also sort of like modeled after this, the artwork, which by the way, I, quick aside, the artwork from this set, if you haven't seen it, you should get out there and you should take a look. I, it's all over the place. You know what? They really, that's the one thing that they did with this set that they, uh, they, they, They could have embodied Fallout so much better than they did because what they should have done is made the depiction of every person that's in the games the same character model with different hair and uh, different eyebrows and some different accessories, but their face and their facial structure is all the same because we know that's exactly what the game was like when we played it. And if you go back, you know I'm right. If you look back on it, you know I'm right. So that would have been a really cheeky, friggin' awesome way to commemorate uh, this set. And super flavorful. But even the the burnt zombie dudes, they're the same character model, but without a nose. No nose on them. And the burnt skin, that too. But, you know, basically the same thing. Bethesda's been guilty of that for a long time. So uh, you can play... Uh, Elder Scrolls Oblivion, and those character models are the same as the ones in Fallout 3. Oh, if you want to play Skyrim, Skyrim's character models the same as the ones in Fallout 4. So uh, you ladies and the, the, the guys, the whole everybody in the thing looks the same. So even the dog. Nah, I'm just kidding. Dog meat looks fine. All right, the tunnel snakes rule. Butch Deloria, the Tunnel Snake, one in a black legendary creature, human rogue. My next commander deck, a two-two with menace. Ooh, baby, I love this already. Tunnel snakes rule. Whenever Butch Deloria Tunnel Snake attacks, it gets plus one plus one until end of turn for each other rogue and/or snake you control. Pay one in a black, put a menace counter on another target creature. becomes a rogue in addition to its other types. Wow. That's actually a super powerful secondary effect when you are uh, in, like, when you're playing Cash, playing Cash Commander, that actually hits. That's actually super duper good. Uh, especially if you want to play something like Labyrinth Raptor, which is a really great card that you should check out if you're unaware of what that is. But, uh, unfortunately, it's Rakdos. This is mono black. I'm sure you're going to be able to get out there and find plenty of rogues and plenty of snakes to fit into your commander deck to make Butch Deloria Tunnel Snake rule. So, really cool card. Uh, Again, very flavorful. Absolutely love the set design here. Uh, The next. This one actually requires a little bit of a translation because right now it says, Guay Infuriato. Is X green green. It is Enraged Yowgwai. X green green. Mutant bear. Vigilance trample. Base stats 2-2. Two, two. When it enters the battlefield... Or it enters the battlefield with X plus 1 plus 1 counters on it. When it enters the battlefield, destroy any number of target artifacts and enchantments with total mana value less than or equal to X. Okay. So... The reason that I wanted to uh, bring this up is because, uh, well, X can be zero. And that's super cool because that means that nukes all of the tokens on the battlefield um, or all of the like treasures and all of the, well, sorcery speed junk that's going to get knocked off. And then all the uh, tokens or like uh, clues and foods and whatnot, all that, gone. Now, this also has uh, potential in things like Yeva, which has been seeing more played. Mono green Yeva uh, playing th- creatures at instant speed. Turns out when they have ETB effects, super good. So this one, um, I could potentially see it, uh, seeing play there just because it can kill everybody else's mana advantage and keep you in the game. It is mass artifact and or enchantment removal. So uh, there's, you know, this doesn't trigger a Mystic Remora like when, you, like when you cast it. So even if X is one, get rid of the Mystic Remora, get rid of all things that are also one or less uh, that aren't mine. So it can be completely one-sided in that endeavor as well. So if you have a Mana Crypt or if you have, uh, you know, Mana Crypt, Mana Vault, uh, you play Chrome Mox, whatever that stuff is safe to this. Like you're not just getting rid of your, it's not like a universal effect. You're not losing your things. You get to pick what you want to get rid of. So, uh, it's super versatile. This is kind of like that green card I was hoping for that. Like that we get, um, unfortunately the three green pips means that it is a little bit outside the range of possibility for anything more than two colors. So, um, I like it. Could it see play in Yeva? I hope so. Hopefully, the Yeva masters out there are listening to this show and they can, uh, uh, you know, give their insight. Uh, also, one of my favorite podcasts on the uh, the intranet uh, is the Fantasy Footballers, and they have a cardboard bear extraordinaire. But I've got Pete. And there's Pete. Okay, next Pugno Potenciado. Again, needs a translation, but here we are. It is a Power Fist. It is an equipment for one in a green. Uh, Equipped for two. Equipped creature has trample, and whenever this creature deals combat to damage to a player, put that many plus one plus one counters on it. wah wah, wee, wah This is good. I really like this. And in decks that care about plus one plus one counters, Shalai and Holar, this isn't bad. Like, this isn't bad at all. Um, Schleinhar would then have Vigilance, Flying, and Trample, and you would get three one plus, plus one uh and then the damage to distribute. Uh, additional damage to distribute. So I really like this there. I'm uh, pretty strictly on a no-artifact kind of list where it's just there for base mana, and it's just there for, uh, like, the very... Like, small, like, super efficient, mostly enchantment-based mana package, but uh, due to, like, stony silence and whatnot. But this uh, could make me change the tune of my fiddle, since we are talking about also having, well... Dockside is really good, and then you also have uh, the Crime Novelist that just came out. So having artifact activations can actually turbo fuel that deck into getting to where it needs to go so much faster than it ever did before, and this can help you uh, just sort of like, I don't know, may get some plus and plus one counters on, on stuff super duper easily and... Um, Yeah, there's my two cents on this. It's not super good. It's not super great. It's probably not good enough to go in there, but uh, it's worth giving it a shot just for the lulls. See what happens, because what I've been preaching lately, which could be great great advice, but uh, the more you mess with your opponent's expectations at the table, the uh, less likely they are to interact with you at times. You know, like, uh, they question your judgment on what certain cards you're putting in your deck, and they don't see the lines. It can sort of, like, it's that off-axis mentality. Yeah, I'm just going to pretend like I didn't say that. Um, All right. The last card. Wow, pitiless plunderer. What does this card do? I'm highlighting this because it is such a great reprint that, uh, you know... For a while, we had already seen one reprint of it and that it had gotten out of hand. It was like a $17 uncommon for a while. The foil was crazy expensive. But now we're seeing this card getting more and more reprints. This is the trend that we're seeing is that when a card gets a reprint, just know that right around the freaking corner, there's another reprint coming. Like Guardian Project. I called it. I called it. I called it. Once Guardian Project was announced for Ravnica remastered, I said on the show it is gonna get another reprint friggin tomorrow like in Guardian Project is getting reprinted in the set in one of the commander decks so uh that is should should be the calling to you if you bought in on Guardian projects as a, which uh you know for good value, the value is gonna go down. I'm sorry. If you pull the card, great. You know, you go to pre-release, you do that, you rip some packs and it's super cheap, whatever. But we shouldn't be buying singles as a value in this moment just because uh, I I would say that Wizards of the Coast is still trying to sell packs. And so they're identifying what cards haven't been reprinted in a long time. Guardian Project being one of them. Uh, That was rising in price because there's no reason that Guardian Project should have been $30 at any point. And they identified that as a card that needed a reprint due to the secondary market value. And they reprinted it in a pack, in a premium pack, so it would sell packs. And they made their money off of it. They got there what they needed. And then they said, you know what? It actually costs us the same amount of money to just print this card again in another deck and uh so we're gonna do that and it doesn't cost them any more to do this it costs you more uh because it's sort of like is this fomo effect where it gets you out there and it gets you buying products because you haven't seen that reprint in such a long time but they're planning to print it again right around the corner just please wait 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 proxy first then buy if you are absolutely certain but please proxy first Pityless Blunder, great reprint in here. I don't have... Uh, there's also uh, Morbid Opportunist, which is another card that's getting reprinted here, which hadn't seen a reprint since its original uh, debut in Midnight Hunt. And then we also have another Skullclamp reprint, and that card is just sort of like hovering around 3 to $5. It's awesome. I never wanted to get back to the 10 to 15 range. And, um, yeah, I, I've... Uh, these are pretty much all the cards I really wanted to highlight from today's, yesterday's spoilers. Now, there is going to be more coming out. There are more deck lists that uh, the deck lists still have yet to be revealed, like the split second one, uh, the equipment, yeah, the equipment one, the desert one, stuff like that. Uh, next week, I'll do a bit of a highlight on those. So stay tuned, and uh, yeah, that's about it. How do you think uh, we did today, Pete? <laughs> interesting no 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 no, we did good you don't be down on yourself like that yeah yeah i know i know you you're quick to rebound back i've never heard you make that noise before all right that's enough this has been the mock stars podcast i hope you enjoyed the show Uh, We'll have Ritter back next week to talk more about these cards, more about this Fallout stuff. Um, And until then, stay cool and stay crispy like your favorite beverage, Dr. Pepper. Because if you didn't know, this is the number one podcast for Magic the Gathering and Dr. Pepper. If you'd like to support the show, you can do so by subscribing to us on YouTube. Hit that thumbs up and subscribe. And the best way to support the show is by sharing it if you like what you're hearing and you like the show make sure you share it with your friends it helps the community grow and if you'd like to join that community and uh, participate in the discussions that we're having uh, interact with Ritter and I one-on-one you can find us on the discord server uh, where we're having all types of conversation about all things magic you can also become a patron uh, where you can become an official Pepperhead for $3 a month and score that sweet, sweet, crispy Dr. Pepper Red name on the Discord server. This has been the Mockstars Podcast. Thank you so much for watching, and uh, hopefully I kept you entertained for all of 38 to 39 minutes. I love you all. Thank you all. By the way, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. If you made it this far, thank you for your support in the show uh all the patrons out there thank you thank you so much for believing in this for believing in this project and for believing in the podcast um i know that uh i was turning out content like crazy there for a second and i keep want i want to keep doing that once i stabilize life and all that stuff so uh stay tuned for more mock stars podcast content and uh Have a great rest of your day, whatever time of day it is that you're listening to this podcast. Peace!